0: Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness. I'm your host Ant and in today's show I'm delighted and privileged to be joined by uh, Dr. Joe Marshala. Uh, hi Joe, thank you so much for being with us today uh, from oh, your my home pleasure. in beautiful Maui, Hawaii. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Absolutely and aloha from Maui.
0: Oh and, thank uh, you.
1: So grateful to be here and you thank know, you. I- that the intention that I hope that something we say and something we do helps to uh, uh, help someone advance their experience here and uh, you Absolutely. know on the planet.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That's all we can ever really do, isn't it? When we put stuff out there. Thank you so much. So just to introduce uh, Dr. Joe um, to, to you all. So Joe is a, a deeply actualized man, especially in a sense of being in service to others, which is at the core of his spiritual work, and. Um, Quite a while ago Joe Joe was faced with deeply profound questions about the meaning of existence following several death experiences, which he may uh, touch upon later. Um, He seeks to uplift and nurture all, all of life in all its forms, and he shares all of his amazing knowledge for free in video lectures and classes. And just one interesting fact, his book Joe's book, Repeatlessness, which we'll come on to in the next hour or so, was chosen by Spirit Science as one of the top five spiritual books that will change your perspective of reality. And also, Joe, I believe, they, is, there, is that right? Is a free chapter available as an audio um, on yeah, your website?
1: A, mm-hmm, yeah, Yeah. right there when you land on my website it says the word repeatlessness and underneath it it says start your journey. Yeah. And If you click that start your journey button they can listen to the unabridged reading by me of the first chapter of the book and you don't have to leave an email or anything you just click listen if you like it right on you know then you can sign up for all the freebies and go from there.
0: Great. So Joe what we're going to talk about today um, is uh, this idea of uh, the mechanics of mind control and this is the notion that we're all very familiar with of course in uh, kind of spiritual circles and trying to understand self and the nature of reality. And this is how we're we're sort of living, um, living a life uh, that's at odds uh, with our true being. And I'll just share with the audience uh, a quote that I found yesterday, actually, Joe. So I'll read this for the benefit of yourself and our audience, and then we can begin our discussion. Um, So the quote is, the effect of life on society is to complicate our existence making us forget who we really are by causing us to become obsessed with what we are not. And that quote, that comes from Shang Zhu. I'm not really sure what period of time. But anyway, I thought it was a quite nice little uh, distillation of some of the understanding of the mechanics of mind control, uh, Joe. So I thought that might be a good
1: starting point. Yeah, you know, when I hear that quote, and I think I've got a pretty good idea of what he meant by that, I believe yeah. it's a he. I don't yeah. know it's a he, but I've read the news. Yeah. Um, and and I can be like in full agreement with like the overall essence of it, and then I I would have to add, um, one word to actually make it much clearer for me because there's a whole other part of me that completely disagrees with it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: um, it is it. it the first sentence was the effect of life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. I don't think it's the effect of life per se, because I don't believe. I mean, it, it's specific to human life. Yeah. Okay. And mm-hmm. and um, because life itself is so much farther apart than human life, and then I would have to say the idea that that, that the that the effect of man's idea of what life is. Yeah. yeah. Has this cause and effect where we begin to take all that is important or all that is unimportant as important and all that's unimportant as important yeah and we've we've disconnected ourselves from the fact that we are animals i mean we are mammals we are two mammals right now talking to each other with all these other mammals listening yeah. we are animals coexisting on the planet with other life forms yeah and we have separated ourselves from that experience and forget altogether are that you know that there's no separation between us and and our environment. Yeah. and So then this is where we get into you know environmental degradation and and can we continue doing this or can we continue you know taking all the resources you know um yeah. oh, it brings up a whole bunch of questions. So a- anyways we have this idea about what life is supposed to be and we have these pursuits that that are supposed to bring us happiness and pursuits that are supposed to bring us status and and yeah. And and all of these types of things. However, you know, it's it's almost as if all of that is a like a distraction from um, from the ultimate you know experience, which is we're going to be leaving this experience. Yeah,
2: precisely. Yeah,
1: (laughs) and no one gets out of here alive. No, Um, at least physically, you know, in that regard. And so it's like, okay, well then where did we get this idea of madness Uh, this idea that is this madness where did we get this idea that i'm going to put my life into being you know an energetic form to build a business to to you know to to develop an income to establish myself and you know this whole hierarchical kind of this whole system that, that robs us of our actual experience of life and i think it's one of the one of the magnificent things, and one of the wonderful things that happened as a result of COVID, um, yes. is that that we as human beings are so identified that our our, our identity is wrapped up in our professions, yeah. or you know how we, or, you know, our routine basically, whatever our routine is, that's who they are. Well, all of that was disrupted. and 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 the whole world went into a a mass disorientation Hmm. and everyone's disoriented and kind of like whoa wait whoa whoa whoa, where's the real meaning of life where's the real this where's the real that and um there's a whole series of you know, survival mechanisms that kick on with the reticular activating system and the prefrontal lobe and all of these then begin to try and fight its way out of this disorientation by, 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 by taking aside and having a strong opinion and mask and no mask and it's real and it's no real vaccine, that's va- not vaccine, Black Lives Matter, Asian <laughs> Lives Matter, I and mean, on and on and on. Yeah. And this whole soup of, of societal disruption that is, which is like a, a you know, the human identity run amok. Mm. Trying to find trying to find it's, its where, where it's going to land and where it's going to operate from. Mm. Anyways, and so all of that every last bit of that is is you know man's idea mm. of life and so that that idea that idea of effect. Is really what I believe they were talking about or, mm. or I would I would presume in the Taoist because I've studied Daoism, you know, 35, 40 years yeah and and. And the intention, I think, is more of where it is uh, than what was actually you know, captured in the quote yeah. uh, or the, in the translation of the quote. Mm. Um, yes, this is that's... what I've found a lot is that there's a lot of things translated um, that, are, that are missing, mm. and, and they change things radically. Like, Can I give an example of one translation? Of course, yeah, of course. About yeah. um, uh, 20 years ago, you know, um, in, in Christian terms or even in Catholic terms, um there is the idea of sin right Mm. and that we are sinners and that we were made and we were flawed and that it's only through the you know the acceptance of christ as our lord and savior that somehow we're going to be you know forgiven of our of of the horrible mistake we made of being born uh you know anyways (laughs) Uh, that's how it that's like the modern day way of working with it but the actual word sin um, is an archery term
2: Mm.
1: and what it means is to miss the mark
2: Mm.
1: right Mm. now if we were to come to like Christianity or the idea of Jesus or God or uh, any type of de- you know hierarchical deity system like that. And if we were to come to it with that idea that, hey, here's a mark. Here's the story we tell you about Jesus and the perfection of his being and what have you. And that's what we're all gonna strive to make, right? That's what we're gonna strive to become. Hmm. But, but and, and, you, and, and all of us are sinners. And that there's all of us miss the mark. Right. Yeah. But instead of saying you're a sinner and you're going to be damned to hell, it's like, hey, man, you're sinned. Yeah, yeah, You know, we all sinned. Don't worry about it. You missed the mark. But hey, let's look at the mark and get back on it. Yeah. Right. It's a whole different reality than this shame based. You're a sinner. You're bad. You were flawed. You know, kind of reality. Yeah. Uh, and so I find the same thing in many of the ancient texts that have been um, have been written. I'll try and find at least two if I can, sometimes three or four versions of an interpretation so that i can see if the the languaging is has been interpreted differently and in this regard the word sin um is one of those words that was just huge that way they made a huge difference so in this reference you're talking about um i would have to add the word man's idea of life
0: yeah you know? for sure yeah i mean this concept of yeah. sin is thank you joe for that uh, the the uh, idea that you were uh, speaking about an interpretation of sin to remove the religious element obviously you take away the fear the shame the dog dogma and I just see to be honest sin is really just as you were uh, equating to it's just to be out of alignment with your true being I mean that could be in some essence uh, the idea of integrity and I don't mean uh, integrity in terms of um, moral judgment but I just mean integrity in terms of doing things that Go against your own beingness or your own what's the word best intentions um that's yeah. how i see the interpretation of sin yeah, yeah and sure. uh, what
1: was the last part of that quote then
0: the last that, quote that, that, yeah that's it to says
1: deal with the effect right? yeah but then continue yeah. on where we we get busy about thinking what we're not
0: yeah exactly yeah it says the last part is we really are causing causing us to become obsessed with what
1: we are not yeah 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 well I agree with that I have a, a a lyric in a song you know I'm a songwriter and I play music and I love that and I write lots of songs about consciousness as well yeah um, but I have a I have a, a lyric in a song that it's not who we are that holds us back it's who we get busy thinking that we're not <laughs> absolutely yeah and it I, so I'm in full agreement with that statement because yeah it is it's you know I had the incredible Grace of yeah, having amnesia, I, I, I had a, a, a catastrophic health opportunity yeah. and um, in that opportunity, I ended up uh, in a coma mm-hmm. and after that coma uh, and, and after the surgery, I had um, uh, parts of my brain that were I, I could not retrieve data from anymore, and that's memory loss is what other people call it right I just I lost retrieval and I had to reroute. Um, the 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 pathways in order to gain access, and so things are still turning on now four years later. Right. Um, and as a result of saying that, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, oh my goodness! There we go. This may happen a couple more times, and I apologize for that. That's but, okay. Oh, so when I had, if 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 amnesia could be given to people in pill form, I would be the biggest dealer. I'd be pushing amnesia <laughs> on everybody. We'd be on
0: every street corner, Joe.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you betcha! <laughs> until they said it was illegal, because um, it it was the greatest, one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given to really understand um, my experience. I'll, I'll speak from my point of view, and I can't say that my point of view is ever anybody else's. Cool needs to be have mine, but maybe if I share something and provide some tools or some perspectives or some, some reflections, it might help others to, to, to discern things better for themselves. Hmm. And so what I can share is that amnesia for myself, you know, it's like the, the, the pain from the past, You know, obviously exists in our memories, but when you have an amnesia, you have no memories. Hmm. Right? And then fear only comes from projecting, the fu- projecting into the future what you believe is going to happen but all those projections are based on the past. So if you have no past, you have no projections. So you have no past or future. You hmm. just have right now. Hmm. And and so there I was for weeks in this in this magnificent now state. And then all of a sudden, my brain started turning on. Hmm. And as it turned on, all of the you need to, you ought to, I have to, you know, all of the rules. Yeah, they uh, should that, still, like call cool, them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the shoulds exactly, and I'm shooting upon myself massively, shooting upon myself, and 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 and, and it, was, it was like I had this clear windshield, and all of those rules were like mud being thrown on the windshield, oh. and and blocking my view, and and the reason I say this is grace, is because I, I came so, it's so clear now in my being that every last one of those rules and commands. About how I have to be, every single one of those were put into my brain. Hmm. Hmm. I did not come with those. And through some consensus reality, you know, where everybody agreed, or even if they didn't somewhere, we got the idea that these are the rules, and this is how you're supposed to be, and this is how you're supposed to show up, and And I often say, you know, etiquette is the death of authenticity, right? And I'm not saying that that one should be rude or what have you, but it really is, you know what I mean, that you superimpose, you put between you and the spontaneous experience of life, this, this structure that causes you to not be authentic. Mm-hmm. and to be constantly comparing yourself to other things mm-hmm. and 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 defining yourself based on 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 other people's way of being or at least their attempt at appearing at being that way i'll leave it there because mm. i think a lot of people, most people are we're all just improvising here you know trying to figure it out and pretend like we got it together yeah. and you see these influences influencers on social media i'm like really that's what you're influencing the yeah. further degradation of the environment that's, and yeah. you know, the, dis- <laughs> the disregard for anything humanity has to say about you know Absolutely. living in balance with the planet i mean uh,
2: yeah. it's like
1: okay well i guess Humanity or Consciousness requires a little more contrast before we get it, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, one of your
0: presentations, your amazing pair of presentations, uh, which how I uh, first came across your work, and I put a link in the description, people can check that out, where you talk about the mechanics of mind control, and we'll get yeah. on to the law of repeatlessness. You talk about the mechanics or the mechanisms of the brain and how a, like, a biocomputer, and from day one, we're downloading all these concepts of self that are defined by other people. So it's other people who define who and what we are. And i just give a brief description of myself at this point. Uh, from a very young age of schooling here in the UK, it was, um, oh, it's the quiet one. You know, I was just the quiet one in the family and the quiet one at school. So what did I do? I just lived that and kind of just disappeared into myself. But what was the there was no true... Uh, sort of um there was no truth in that that was just how i was as how i what's the word that's what other people were telling me but then i lived that 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 sort of pro forma if you like that framework platform just it's like oh okay then that's who i who i am but then as we know i know it's become a bit of a spiritual cliche but we're all an aspect of infinite consciousness um so yeah it's interesting how we we pick these up don't we just, at a very very young age then we just um, play them out into adulthood
1: yeah, well, it's, it's a little more than interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the effect of our upbringings um, yeah. and the neurological development. Um, mm. There's so many things I want to say, but I'm going to try a linear set of thoughts that maybe right. yeah. um, that we have to step back a little bit before I can address that directly. Sure. Um, it seems as though um, one of the main pursuits that we have in our early development and then continues on through the rest of our lives is a need to be seen as okay, mm. to be acknowledged as lovable and acceptable, okay? Mm. And most human beings that are observed um, for the last 80 years that we've been doing psychological examination of the development of human beings, um, we see that there is like a, a, a conditional reward system that um, that, that if we behave a certain way, we get certain uh, acknowledgement and and, and, and um, appreciation and adoration and love and attention right? yeah. from our parents. So we're conditioned to behave certain ways in order to be seen as acceptable in their eyes. Now, years and years later, in 1980s, there was a huge uh, 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 psychological um, experiment that took place. And um, it really was more kind of a, an, an assay, if you will, of human consciousness, where an organization called the Alpha Institute, um, led by a scientist named Wally Minto, um, mm-hmm. spent about 10 years um, interviewing 100,000 people. Wow. Now, that's a huge sample. I mean, nowadays, you get a sample as maybe 100 people, and a big sample would be 1,000. Well, this was 100 times that. Huh? And and so a, a very broad-based, uh, very thorough examination of uh, human value system and 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 human guidance mechanism, and then as a result of all of this research, they published a book called the result book or the results book, and the results book was the results of those hundred thousand people being questioned over all of those years, and they created a series of spectrums. And one thing that they were just astonished with, I mean, absolutely astonished with, and then they spent years studying it after the fact, was that they found that in human consciousness at that point in the 80s or 90s, if you will, in the 80s actually, um, human consciousness, people said that they found that, that, that there was something more important than love in their life. Yeah. That, like, that, that, and, and I used to, like, in my lectures, I say, it, What's more important than love? Now, is there anything more important? I, like, I don't know, you know, money or something? I say, like, Well, what they found was that what people admitted or said in this survey is that more important than love is the feeling of being right. Yeah. And being seen as right and correct. Now you see this all the time and you know when you're having just some conversations at a dinner party people are offering their opinion and each one's trying to Show you that their opinion maybe is more thorough or more considerate or more something, right? Yeah. There's like this game of I call it the game of hand who has the upper hand, right? Yeah. You know? And yeah. We're playing hand and I got the upper hand in that opinion. Ha ha kind of thing But the point is is that, that that more important than a feeling a sense of love is a feeling of being right and we will do what's wrong in order to appear right then do what is right and appear wrong mm. and so if you're in a circumstance where your parents are saying you know you're always late and your room is a mess the only way for you to be seen as right in that circumstance is to always be late and have your room a mess <laughs> yeah yeah and there then you're now in your case as you were just sharing you know that you're the quiet one so it, in order the only way to be right in that description of you is for you to be the quiet one mm. even though you may not be the quiet one but in that social circumstance you being the quiet one and then we begin to bond to that 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 is normal and then if we aren't quiet and we try to try to change it it feels abnormal and we feel like we're breaking the rules now we're not going to be lovable or acceptable so we fall back into our little groove of what has previously made us lovable and acceptable
2: mm. Mm.
1: thank you now, for that yeah So uh, I'll send you the bill. Um. (laughs) That's very, it's very
0: profound wisdom expressed in a, in a, in a very accessible way. The thing that sprang to my mind and probably a lot of people listening to this is when you were talking about uh, this idea of being, being right over expression of love is um, Mm -hmm. for me, that's the epitome of social media. Um, that, That is social media, isn't it?
1: Well, that was the next thing that I was going to talk about yeah. if it if it led into that conversation yeah. and um You know, and just before before I don't forget to say it, I'm so grateful to be able to have a conversation like this with someone. You know, the the level of what you have done in your life to be able to carry on a conversation like this uh, speaks volumes as to the true character and nature of your being. It's really beautiful to meet another soul like you who is pursuing these truths and trying to uplift and nurture yourself so that you may uplift and nurture others. And it's just important for me to acknowledge that in this moment and not forget it and let your listeners know as well Oh, thank who you're you. listening to here is really a, a rare human being and it's a privilege to be here on the show and oh
0: thank you thank you so much as i say checks in the post thank you joe
1: yeah <laughs> thank you thank you so
0: much thank you
1: well it's true so now i i want to address something before we go too far into the social media idea mm. well i i'll address that and then we'll come back yeah um it's one of the things that i've been saying um in private and this is the first time i'm saying it publicly um, and that is, um, you know, there was a, a fellow named Buckminster Fuller, yeah. and um, and brilliant human being, and and worked with sacred geometry and phi ratios, and saw all this, this this relationship between shape and form and relationship, and how to access higher level of consciousness based on the structure of your home and the structure of your living environment and, and how it, it aids your system in, in relaxing and, and enhancing its uh, intuitive and, and receptive nature. And since he's all said all that stuff, we now have had the, the physics and, and the, the neurosciences to prove uh, everything that he said was, in fact, accurate. So before it was just theory and now it's, it's science, it's reproducible science. But one of the things that he said years and years ago was that it generally takes anywhere between 35 and 45 years for an idea to actually um, fully realize itself um, in reality and he goes through and he gives a whole series of this is when this idea was brought about and then here's the 35 years later is when it's actually like all of society is now doing it and kind of idea. And he he has hundreds of examples like that. And I was thinking about, wow, you know, it's like 35, it's about 45 years ago that this results book came out where it was said that it's more important than love is, you know, being right. And and here we are 45 years later. And I have seen as a result of this disorientation that has gone on called COVID-19, that um, that I've seen relationships that were literally 40 or more years old, being thrown out and no longer honored and loved. Two best friends now are sworn enemies because of their opinions on either side of this equation of this, what's going on. Yeah. And whether it was a political leader or the not a political leader or the science or non-science or the fake science or whatever, all the stuff. And so people, it, it, it's like the perfect expression of, of, of this separation. As a result of remembering, hey, we're love and we're all just trying to figure this out, too, you're just a stupid, dumbass, whatever, you know, because you don't believe what I believe. And here's the science, and here's, you know, they're, and, 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 and we, I've never seen it so blatantly obvious that the yeah. disregard for love and companionship and community is, it, I mean, it, it is so profoundly disregarded now. Yeah. And the fact that I'm right and my group is right is more important it's never been more clearly expressed and obvious in my perceptual reality.
0: I think COVID is, yeah, it's the ultimate, it's the ultimate expression of that and how much we're still falling into kind of our animal aspect in terms of tribalism. But then you could say, looking at it from another perspective, perhaps that's almost a divine aspect of the whole COVID event in that it's drawing out all of these aspects of ourselves that need to be Looked at and, and healed. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought it was going to, I mean, as we got deeper into it, you know, about just over a year ago, and, and it was really kind of hitting everywhere and everything was shutting down. And, and I was thinking, wow, this is the great equalizer. This is like <laughs> the aliens came and are hovering over the earth and everybody's now subject to the same forces and we have to co- pull together to, you know, and then, you know, we see the commerce stops. Yet everyone's going to stay alive and we're going to see that maybe capitalism maybe that's not the best way maybe there's another way to really kind of divide the resources and share and take care of each other and i thought wow it's finally happening this is what i have been teaching for 40 years about yeah. and the complete and opposite has occurred yeah. so <laughs> there i go thinking again right you know um <laughs> gotta be careful uh however as you said as you just said that you know these different it takes thirty five to forty years you know for for things and and so it is offering the first steps in the recognition about how far we still have to go and how mm. far we and, and, and we we have pretended like we 've gone farther than we actually have mm. and um, and so the reality is presenting itself now, mm. and we still have a lot that remains to be seen, you know however, getting back to this idea of uh you know, our identity and getting back to this idea of living into people's expectations of ourselves so that we can get the reward of lovability and acceptability and people's descriptions of us. Now, um, just real quickly, people say, well, what do I do about that? And uh, in the Mechanics of Mind Control, I talk about it and I talk about the, the or, so people, you can watch it online for free. I mean, you get the whole, like, yeah links links in the the
0: description
1: folks yeah the whole wrap on this particular circumstance but you know for the first 18 months of our life um, we have no separation consciousness so in other words we might see something moving in the mirror exactly the same time as us but we don't know that's us we just see this other thing and it's just this fascinating thing but we have no separation there's no me in relation to the world and then around anywhere between 16 and 20 months, so around a year and a half, 18 months, um, a brain part turns on, and it's it's the brain part's called the hippocampus, and uh, you can remember a bunch of hippos playing frisbee on the campus or something. The <laughs> um, but the hippocampus turns on, and then all of a sudden the me shows up, and the I. And I like broccoli and I'm fussy when I go to bed and I don't like taking baths. And, and I you know, love driving in the car and all, this, all these I statements that this hippocampus begins to communicate to the world and, and identify itself with it. Every last bit of every last one of those I statements came from a you or a he or she statement made about the child in their environment. So in other words, the entire concept of self, the entire identity, was given to the child by the significant role models and influences in their first year and a half of life about things that were said about them. Mm. And then they take the things that were said about them and just internalize them, and that's who they are. Yeah. Whether or not those observations and statements were accurate or not. Yeah. yeah. And this is the human condition that everyone Faces. This is just basic neurology. This is how it develops. This is the sequence of events that occurs that creates the personality. It's not my idea. It's not a theory. That's the science. That's the there. We can map it. We can measure it as it's occurring. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we really have to concentrate on what is that inner dialogue? You mm-hmm. know, what, what, what are the thoughts about oneself? You know, and and I qu- share a quick story. I had a two-hour radio show that I used to do called the Cup of Joe Show, and um, and and it was syndicated throughout the nation. And 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 during that show, um, several times a guest we would get the timing wrong, like like you and I are doing here. It's you know 10 a.m. for you, 11 p.m. for me, and somehow we'd get the the time wrong because of daylight savings time or something. And <laughs> the guests wouldn't line up, and so I'd have an empty hour or something, and. Um, So sometimes I would call friends who I have deep conversations with or sometimes I call my children and uh, and so I have my children are all in their 30s, uh, mid 30s younger ones 34 I think now and um, So I called my daughter Shanti and said, hey Shanti I guess this didn't show up. yet. would you like to talk? Yeah, sure. So we're talking about consciousness. and I said, Well, what was it like You know, I mean, you grew up with me. I mean, was that weird? Was that kind of What was that like? I was like, you know, me, your dad. I mean, I'm kind of out there, you know, and how did that affect you? And she says, okay, well, one thing I can tell you is that um, I noticed this just the other day, she said. She says, I I noticed that when my friends do something that was um, a mistake, like they forgot to balance the checkbook and then they overdraw the account. And then they've got a service charge, and then they and they sit there and they, God, i so stupid. What was I fucking thinking? Oh, I got you know, and they're like swearing at themselves and beating yeah. themselves up and, and really hammering. And she said, Dad, I don't know how to do that.
2: Wow. wow.
1: And she says because you and Mom, wherever anything ever did if something went wrong, you'd sit us down and you'd say, I love you just the way you are, and you are absolutely perfect. And I want to I want to discuss this choice you made. So I would separate their choices from who they are in my, if I saw there was a course correction, right? They're behaving in a certain way that's detrimental to them or their brother or sister or something. And I, I want to correct their course. I wouldn't say, what are you doing? Are you stupid? What's wrong with you? That's not the conversation. No, There's nothing wrong with her. It's just that she's being guided by data and information that is leading her to act in a certain way. But maybe if she has new information, um, she won't do that. Right? Hey, what a concept. So I would separate. And so... I don't see that happening in our reality. No. I don't see that happening amongst my peers. And and I see people, um, you know, speaking about themselves and making jokes about themselves, being, um, uh, what do you call that when you're self-deprecating? Yeah. And this is supposed to be humorous and funny and this is supposed to be, and it's really um, an excuse because they can't stop thinking that way because it's the most deeply rooted thing that's going on in their being Hmm. and so and then people try affirmations right oh well i just have to do i have to think right i'm not thinking correctly i need to do positive pma positive mental attitude and let's let's think all these thoughts well the problem with what's going on there and the reason affirmations in general haven't worked for most people they work for a little while but then they they don't they just you know you lose interest in them and and the reason being is that um most people when they're doing affirmations are doing I statements. I am a loving and beautiful person, I am at peace, I am forgiving so and so, I am, I am, I am, and the problem with that is that the actual origin of all I statements that we have about ourselves come from the second and third person, you and he statements, or the you and she statements for your female listeners, And, and so in order to actually have any possibility of reprogramming one's internal dialogue, they have to include the second and third voices because those are the origin of the first person voice hmm. and so i call that the tri voice technology it's absolutely minimum you have to do the tri voice technology so an example would be i joe and loving beautiful person you joe are a loving beautiful person he joe he's a loving pu- beautiful person i joe and the loving beautiful. i joe I'm a genius and apply And apply your wisdom. And and literally doing that in all three voices. Yeah. And I have I have a class that explains all the neurology behind it, all the programming behind it, all the patterning behind it. It's called the best affirmation class in the world. It's on Udemy. If you've not seen U D E M Y Udemy, um uh it's an educational platform. And uh, so I I have six classes on Udemy, and one of them is the best affirmation class in the world, and uh I think if you if you're first going there the first time, I think you spent fourteen bucks or something on it. I, I you know, it's like nothing. Hmm. But you know, to, to keep the platform up and what have you, you know, and to keep everybody happy, we gotta, you know, charge money for it. And so but it's not like a lot, you know. Sure. And um and uh, anyway. so can, sorry, can people access so that
0: through the site repeatlessness?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, fact, cool. if you go if you go to repeatlessness.com and yeah. you, you scroll down all six classes. That's the first thing you see, you know, right. you, when you start scrolling and there's little, you know, um, icons, you know, little, little posters, like for each one of the classes. Yeah. So, yeah. You can find all this. Oh, stuff yeah. But anyway. Right. so
3: That sounds like yeah, a very
0: of, powerful technique. Yeah. Sorry. Karen.
1: Yeah. This idea of the five voice technology. Well, it actually goes to what's called the Hendecagon um, voice technology, where there's actually 11 layers of this descriptive self that uh, could actually be worked on if you really want to get hardcore and serious, where there's 11 different statements for each thing that you really want to to, um, vibe inside your being. And um, this is, I mean, you know, this is science, man. Like, this is the latest neurology. This is the latest, and we can actually watch the brain change as you're working with these affirmations like that. And so it's really it's it's great stuff. So I encourage people to try it. I mean, for fourteen bucks, if it doesn't work, you get your money back. Uh, no money, no questions asked. Go for <laughs> it. Who else offers a money back life transformation? Yeah, you know, nobody. It's because it's 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 reproducible. We have the same results with multiple people. So instead of a, it, it's a scientific methodology, not just a theory. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah. Thanks for that, Joe. Can I just bring us back to this idea of self-deprecation? Because. Yes. Um, from a um, British cultural perspective, essentially that's how we bond in social settings. You know, us yeah. Brits—we're—I we, think we're a bit different to Americans and Canadians and Australians. But that, it's kind of hardwired, I think, into our psyche this idea of, well, you know, you you have to um, you have to be a bit yeah self. What's the word? Deprecating. It's, it's kind of sort of um, expected. In, in a sense, and it is, it's very, like, it's, it's so disempowering, isn't it, and a very uh, kind of uh, the core of us, really.
1: Well, it also ties into um, uh, Buckingham Palace, too, and yeah. the idea of um, <laughs> the hierarchical um, kind of setting that you have, and so you were a good subject if you would lower yourself publicly, yeah. right, you know, and it's like, oh, what a good subject, they're not even. They wouldn't say anything critical of the of the dynasty, you know, or whatever you want to call it. And um, yeah, and and it's interesting because yeah, Americans number one. It's just the opposite. It's like, <laughs> How great am I? How wonderful am I? How strong am I? How rich am I? How this whole Western idea, you know, is the is the kind of breaking out of that subjugation. Yeah. You uh, know, and the self-deprecation. Although I love British humor, I got to tell you, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the self-deprecation in that regard. Yeah. Um, However, you know, as a cult- cultural norm, um, while still being in that environment, it has to be just almost devastating or almost impossible to try and shift one's um, reality because everything you do is going to be wrong. Everything you're going to do is just not going to make you lovable and acceptable. I mm. mean, the more self-deprecating you can be, the more appropriate you are, right? And the more like Absolutely. you know, in line. And so. Um, if you're if you're still in that environment it's almost like people trying to get humble in america right where everything's around you everything on the tv every billboard every radio station every magazine every social media thing everything's saying boast 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 look how cool i am look what i got look at how i dress look at where i got to live oh look at this cool scene that i'm in and look how happy i am you know and don't tell me that it took 64 pictures get the one that you're now sending out right (laughs) anyways so in regards to Mm. self-deprecation there's a there there's this notion and and I don't know if you know I was blaming it kind of on the the hierarchy of the royals and the non-royals and the social structure that was set what have you Hmm. and yet that kind of social structure you know if you had the worker bees and then you had the royals and it's like (laughs) not much in between just a little bit and um but most of that kind of comes from um going back to this idea of you know catholicism and the church and christianity and putting man between you and your animal nature and your true connection and your real power And we were stripped of any power, any identity that would give us any sense of individuality. And the only way to survive in that mechanism was to to adapt by um, subjugating oneself. And Mm. so you're talking about, you know, thousands of years of this kind of evolutionary subjugation that landed in your guy's lap. You know, and part of the reason that we broke out as Americans, I think, was to not be Subjugated in that way, and so we're going to be our own masters, and we're going to be our own kings, and we're going to be our own leaders, and we're going to be our own. And so we're seeing, you know, only a couple hundred years of breaking out of that, which is not a lot of time when you talk about the evolution of consciousness over a million years or you know, hundred thousand years. It's gone a long way, but we got a long way to go. And two hundred years is not much. And so this social experiment that we call uh, America. you know, is, is not the answer in my opinion. Mm. You know, uh, even just this whole thing, I'm I'm gonna get off the deprecation thing. Are you cool with that? Can I move yeah, on? Absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, just the I, I I love talking about this, but you know, the idea of um, capitalism. Okay. Yeah. Um pe- people realize that that it's just a theory, right? It's it's a theory that that this is how we distribute the earth's resources right and this is how we how we interact as humans on the planet and um, there's two main problems with it besides a whole series of problems but you know one of the main problems with this theory and i'm not saying that i'm for socialism or communism or anything else i'm not saying that at all i don't have the answer per se yeah i have a lot of ideas but it's a conversation that we have to have and there's a documentary out right now i'm just going to say it everybody check it out yeah peter joe Joseph, the guy who did the zeitgeist movie but this is like top-notch highbrow like you know it's like um, uh, highbrow thought forms and and it's called inter yeah oh one word i-n-t-e-r and then reflection so there's two r's in the middle inter reflections and um, it, you stream it and just get it watch it hang out with it it's one of those ones that you're going to be watching like 10 times to really get it Um, but it's really highbrow academic presentation about what it's 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 a documentary it's a film about people making a documentary 150 years from now so they're in the time 150 years and they're interviewing the latest social scientists and psychologists and economists about how we got out of the crazy ass circumstance we are in right now how the great transition I think they call it (laughs) and 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 how we identified with, the, you know, what we were doing with the planet, because, you know, th- this idea of capitalism, um, the biggest problem with it is that every year, um, the, the, you know, th- there's this, there's this idea that every year the company has to make more money. Hmm. It has to increase in size, it has to increase in revenue, and it either has to do that by having new products and new customers, or making the current products for less money, and hmm. cutting corners, and degradating the possibly the the quality, um, Mm. so that it's made cheaper, and so it's still profits go up, kind of thing. But the point is, is that every year those businesses have to grow, Mm. and the main problem with that, and one of the biggest fallacies of capitalism, is in order for that model to work, we have to have infinite resources,
2: Yeah,
1: and we don't have infinite resources. Yeah. And in fact, we're coming to a great realization that many of our resources are not only finite, they're almost gone. Mm. And so the very basis for how we run our entire planet is flawed. Mm. And it is absolutely, it, it, it will collapse, period. Mm. Yeah, it cannot that, not collapse.
0: Yeah. Um, can I just make a point on that, Joe? Go Firstly, ahead. Um, can you repeat the author because the line dipped out so we got into was it Inter Reflections?
1: Yeah Inter Reflections by Peter Joseph. Oh thank you so much yeah Uh, and it was um yeah just
0: wanted to add there something sprung to my mind was um of course you were talking about this idea of exponential growth and I've heard um quite a lot um sort of people talking about the fact that um, I think it was on a Mayan presentation with Ian Lungold, who you spoke in. Yeah. Um, and it's almost as if there's sort of a parasitic quality to the system in that um, what we're seeing now in the throes of, you know, the, the elites or however you want to describe them to, to remain their power base, they're actually destroying the human host. But it's almost as if the system was set up and designed to fail. And implode, and that's what we're seeing now. And then that kind of correlates with this idea of there's only infinite resources, and and yeah. it's it, it, it was all designed to fail almost, you know, uh, in in a sense. But then there is a there's kind of like uh, the profundity of that is well, the inevit- there is an inevitability of of change, and that sort brings us to the work of Buckminster Fuller, uh, and, and and that's where we can take some comfort from the chaos that we're seeing currently in countries like South, South Africa. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a fascinating process.
1: The idea of change is the foundation of the concept of repeatlessness. Yeah. And that, that life is, in and of itself, a state of repeatlessness. There are no two moments, no two experiences, no two anything that are ever exactly the same. Every moment. Now, this moment and then this one. Every moment life is emerging fresh and new. And based on your first quote, we then apply structure to this ever-emerging life. And that structure actually limits life and tries to control it. And 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 as a result, we then are we get out of alignment with our purpose, we get out of alignment with the essence of our interaction here on the planet. We yeah. get out of alignment with our connection to the very thing. And you were saying, you know, that, 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 you know, the idea that, that, you know, the only thing what Ian was talking about, I believe the only thing, you know, that, that consumes its host, that's providing life to mm. the point where it ceases to exist itself yeah. is cancer. Yeah. Yeah. Is cancer and so it's you know it's been said many many times that like human life acts as like a cancer on the planet Mm. that we anywhere we go we decimate it to the point where life can no longer be um, uh, sustained from where we are and so we have to go find life in other places in order to sustain the life where we are because Mm. we've destroyed where we are no one can live in a city without resources coming from outside the city period Mm. yeah and, and that's a problem, yeah. you know? Yeah. And there's, there's a futurist, there's a futurist, um, a guy named Jacques Fresco. I was fortunate enough to meet Jacques
2: oh, and, cool.
1: uh, and was in a, a documentary with him. And, um, but Jacques, one of me, I'll paraphrase his rule, but, and I may have ex- expanded on it myself, but um, the first thing, if, if we're going to make a change, if we're really going to make a change on this planet so that we reverse the current course that we are headed with, the current systems that are in place, and the level of degradation that's occurring yeah. in our seas, in our water supplies, and our air, and our natural resources, mean, if we're going to make a change, the very first thing he suggested that we have to realize is that we have to realize that the Earth's resources are the common heritage for all life on the planet. Yeah. He said, the common heritage is for all man, I say all life. So that we can't take another life forms environment in order to satisfy our needs. Mm. We have to find a way to interact with this life and all of nature that we are not that cancer anymore. Mm. That, that the resources are to be shared and used by all life on the planet. Mm. And until we get to that as even just a conversation starter, um we it's not looking good. Let's no. put it that way. <laughs> it's no. not looking promising. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean that's that's a great that's a, a great point to make. I mean, a lot of um a lot of the audience, perhaps like myself, are thinking right now, um where I mean, where do we go from here in terms of this transition to a more conscious just how should we say human sane world uh joe what's your take on let's just say the next few years up to 2025 because it does look things on the material level at least are going to be quite hectic what what what's your kind of take
1: yeah i don't have a clue good luck everybody yeah yeah um... yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Find, find find the uh
0: stores of food and and find the, yep. the boats and, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, that's a great question. I'm going to take a sip of water and then I'll be right back. Okay? No problem. There are, there are so many different things to consider in this kind of transition that we're making now. Yeah. And for myself, there is a, there is a place inside my perceptual reality, a place that I can observe this experience of life passing by that is unaffected by the occurrence of life. And I like to describe it as almost kind of like if you go to a movie and you're watching um, a movie from the theater and from the seats, and there's a big explosion and a huge fire that you're watching in the movie. Um, but if you go up and you touch the screen, the screen's not hot and there's no fire, the, the screen isn't actually on fire. And so I like to, the best way I can describe it, to be the screen, Hmm. to to allow myself to observe, but not react to, I may respond to, which is very different than reacting to, what's occurring in my environment. There's nowhere I can go in society where someone is not trying to tell me think this think this whether it's me seeing a billboard or going to the stores buy me buy me or listening to the news think me think me think us think us think them think them there's nowhere in my reality where that's not present yeah and if I allow that to guide my consciousness it disconnects me from the very thing that is my very own I mean from the beginning of time Literally, from the very beginning of time, whether it was the Big Bang or God waved his magic wand and everything happened, regardless, from the very beginning of time to right now, mm. and from right now forevermore, for the rest of eternity, there will never be another you. You're it. And what are you going to do with that you? Are you going to let it be? influenced and controlled by external circumstances and external happenings mm. and external guidances? Or are you going to deeply connect with your feeling self and be able to feel, feel that doesn't feel good? It doesn't mean you have to change or get rid of it, but to be able to identify with the human experience and be able to interact with it in such a way that it's your personal perspective. It's your personal opinion. It's your per anyone we've ever loved and respected, whether it was Martin Luther King or or Gandhi or or Mother Teresa on even certain seconds. What we love about these people is that they are their own beings. Mm-hmm. They are their own perception. They are true to themselves and what it is they are experiencing. And then speaking that and then we honor that. we think it's most, magnific- most magnificent. Well we all are given that as our birthright. Yeah, and 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 we, we begin comparing ourselves to other and feeling right and feeling lovable and acceptable becomes more important than being our authentic self.
2: Mm.
1: And so we give it up and then we then we, we give away our power to these organizations called governments where we we, we say okay well you, know, you 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 have the right to in, you know to, to kill people cuz you could declare war but i can't no no you and you you can police me in case i get bad and you can and we literally give away powers to these organizations that that um, we ourselves aren't allowed to do but are, they they are and it's just really kind of this crazy world we live in but the whole gambit of it is is that that we've lost touch with our personal relationship with ourselves Mm. and and you know there's this idea from Jack Canfield, he wrote chicken soup for the soul books if you've ever seen those big series here. Yeah, and I I worked with Jack way back in the late 80s early 90s when And and one, of the, and, 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 and one of the goals of that organization was to educate people about what self-esteem actually is. And people believe self-esteem um, is feeling good all the time. That's what it's kind of become. You know, he has good self-esteem. He's always feeling really positive. And that's not what self-esteem is at all, according to Jack and Nashville Passports. Self-esteem is the complete and thorough knowledge of the self. Right, that's interesting, yeah. And so the idea is, further goes to explain, that if, um, if I were to walk up to you and say, hey, Aunt, you got green hair. And you're like, uh, no, I don't have green hair. He's like, I, you got green hair. You, you, what's wrong with you? Your hair is green. And you're like, no, no, I, I told you, because you're screaming at you. Your hair is green. Your hair is green. Clearly, you're going to think I have a perceptual problem. Right? Yeah. But if I say you're a self-centered, selfish person, or you're an arrogant person. Or you're a jerk. If those don't bounce off of you, like me calling you green hair, then somewhere inside of yourself, you have come to believe that those things I'm accusing you of are true. Mm. But if you know who you are, if, you ha- if your self-esteem is intact, you would say to yourself, well, you know, yeah, I have been, there's moments where I've expressed that, but it's not the core of who it is I am. You know, I'm capable of expressing that, but it's not who I am. And you wouldn't take it personally. Mm. But that's not what happens here. Most of us have no self-esteem whatsoever. And so someone accuses you of, of whatever, and, and this is the kind of the lack of esteem that I'm seeing in society right now, where people are fighting and taking these identities on, believing things that aren't necessarily true about themselves because they've been implanted for years and, years and years and years and generation after generation. And we're playing out all of this lack of self-esteem and this taking on these identities and wanting to fight and hurt each other and kill each other and disassociate with each other because we can't, we don't agree on things. Mm. Mm which yeah. is a very sad state of affairs
0: I think it's okay, so- yeah thanks for that I think it's um yeah it's it's sad to see in a lot of the uh, so-called truth community and um people saying you know how they've fallen out with family because they've had the fake covid vaccine and because yeah. um for, you know friends and family like you were talking about before how relationships are ending and it, and it it is really sad to 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 see that happening within society, yeah.
1: Absolutely. And so, in answer to your question about what people can do, yeah, to over the next couple of years, hmm. is to begin a, a deep self inquiry and a deep self inventory as to what are your real beliefs. You know, is your I mean, and you can start with the question. I mean, realistically. I mean, you know, do I live in a kind and loving universe yes. or a wrathful, vengeful one? Hmm. Okay. Do I, because that, that sets the premise. It's like I myself, I live in a loving and beautiful um, universe, loving, forgiving, and, and abundant. And, and, that's, and there are other activities that take place. But in general, my default is loving and beautiful. Yeah, and I am sitting in gratitude more than I am um, anxiety and revenge about things.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I just read a quote the other day. If you ever, uh, if you ever feel like you need to get even with someone, please focus on those who have helped you.
0: <laughs> That's good advice.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get even with the people who've helped you, right? <laughs> By helping back in some way. But um, so this this inventory and taking stock. And really understand okay well where did i get these thoughts is that really what i think you know what 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 sentences bother me when people say you're this or you're that and then why do i what do i if that bothers me then i know that somewhere inside of myself i believe that or i've accepted that to be true and to begin to kind of question these layers upon layers of of these thoughts and one of the things that I, i highly recommend frequently is for people to um to stop speaking in um um i can't think of the word now just give me a second to stop thinking in um absolutes yeah yes yeah. that this is the way it is oh i'm always tired at this time because. Whatever it is, I mean, it's become ubiquitous, and we speak as if like that's the way life is. They're always been a jerk. They're always been this. They or this way. They are that way, and what have you. And when we do that, we encapsulate it, like put it in ice. We we make it impossible for that perceptual reality to change. Absolutely. And so, my wife and I. I mean, this is the thing. It's all the time. It's like, well, are you sure? I mean, that's a little absolute there, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> want to rephrase that you know it's like ah so what we do is when we catch ourselves like if i were to say you know uh uh you know something about the republican party in america or something or the democrats and say something negative about them um let's say i say you know they're very selfish people you know or they're, they're not very gregarious they're not very um, compassionate right and and that's a that's a that's an absolute that's how they are yeah right as opposed to you know, up until this ta- moment, up until this time, up until this moment in time, you know, up until now, mm. I, have, I have allowed myself to communicate that, that I thought Republicans were this way or I thought Democrats were that way. And I'm so happy and grateful now that I'm beginning to discover the other subtleties and other things and getting out of that closed way of thinking and literally repatterning all of these absolutes. Because they are what are guiding and confining you and limiting your ability to become anything else. Mm. You become your definitions of the world. Yeah, and, and that, so if um, you if you leave if you sorry. leave the definition open, you leave yourself the opportunity to grow.
0: Um, yeah, for sure, and of course, this process of absoluting, if you like that's a word, absoluting, um, mm-hmm. is it feeds yeah. back again to what's the common discourse on social media it's all it's all about absoluting yes. and hardening opinions within our echo chambers that's not I mean obviously there's good stuff that goes on the social media as well I'm characterizing it but in the main it does tend to be where people harden opinions um, and they're not generally open to other people's perspectives um, I've also noticed it on comment sections on YouTube videos people more and more I've had some of it um, I think they're kind of some of them seem like bots, not even real humans, but they're almost in attack mode. And they watch a, a presentation. Someone's taken the time to produce something, you know, maybe on their own or an interview like we're doing. And then they just pick out the one point they dislike or the one discrepancy or the one date. It's not the wrong date. And you think, did, did you have to do that? Did you, did you know, <laughs> rather than go, oh, that was a, thanks for sharing that, guys. That was really interesting. You know, there's this sort of mindset. Well, I must know, pick out what's wrong about it, and I'm seeing that more and more, which is unfortunate. Um, but you know, still quite new the it's, development it's, of the internet.
1: It's that 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 you know attempt of being right that we were talking yeah, about. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. And oh, there was another point I wanted to make with something that you were saying, and now I've forgotten it. Uh, <laughs> welcome to my world. I mean, this is this. Is, you know, it's been really interesting because I had a you know I've multiple degrees and and um and have this very articulate brain and as a result of this amnesia and stuff like that whole areas of my brain have been erased and some are still turning back on it's just amazing it's like oh i didn't know i knew that and (laughs) i mean mean, after i had these experiences i actually had to watch my own lectures to relearn my material yeah literally and read my book and discover it again like, yeah. You know, and go back yeah. to my notes and go back to my research and go back to my, and it's like I have these accomplishments, but I don't remember accomplishing them. Mm. Right? It's really kind of a trip. Mm. So in, in, in people working on themselves, the next thing I guess they would have to do, so we're saying, you know, what kind of universe do you live in? Do you live in a loving, abundant, caring universe? Or do you live in a vengeful, angry, violent universe? And you could say both exist, but what's the default for your perceptual reality? And you get to choose that, okay? I mean, you actually get to choose that. That's your birthright. You get to choose that. So, you know, choose wisely. Because those who live in a loving universe generally have a more loving experience here. And Mm -hmm. those who live in the violent one have just that. They have the violent one, you know? And their, their lives kind of revolve around that. So that's the first thing. Check your conversation You know, do the inventory. Excuse me, do the inventory. Yeah. Really start to look at your value system, look at what you believe, why you believe that. Is that really what you believe, or is that just what's been foisted upon you? you know and the, the descriptions of who you are and what the things you say about yourself, and then what things people say about if someone says something about you that bothers you, you know what is it inside you that isn't green hair,? right But then, then <laughs> saying that you know yeah. <laughs> why, sure. why do you believe that? Mm-hmm. And then doing this inventory that, that we talked about, but then another thing is to find for yourself you know so you know, what's your function on the mm. planet as a human being okay mm. you're the only one from the beginning of time now and right now for the you're the only one who's going to be you you know but why are you here
2: mm.
1: see i had the advantage where i wake up in a hospital bed you know after having been dead for a little while and i've got you know all these tubes i got what it was 28 tubes 14 machines running every part of my body um and uh and it's like okay i'm back why you know <laughs> I'm like, what the heck is going on why am i why am i here and and i began to you know examine life here on the planet and what's interesting is that everything in life everything that's here in this physical biosphere serves some purpose it, yeah. it provides for life hmm. Life forms and bacteria and molecules and sand and minerals and whatever everything that's here, there's nothing extra mm-hmm. Right. There's no just, you know extraneous stuff that just happens to be here. Everything serves a function. So what's the function of human life? Yeah. And the only thing I could come up with for myself That seemed halfway reasonable is that my function, well, the function of my humanity, function of the human beings, which I believe is actually for anybody, but I'll just restrict it to myself. Uh, I believe our function as humans here on the planet is to uplift and nurture all life. Yeah, That's why we're here. Yeah, We're not here to gather and amass whatever we can gather and amass and get this boat and get that motorcycle and that car and this clothes. And That's not why we're here. That's what we've been led to believe. Why we're here, we get these momentary, you know, acts of gratification and satisfaction. To then go back to the grind and give up our lives to serve some other, other cause, so that we can have more points, so that we can go back and have momentary moments of experience. And then we give up our lives, most of our lives, to go back to this grind and on and on and on, living this, this, you know, Mm. rat race kind of thing. So, to really wonder, I mean, for myself, I really believe that that's why we're here. Yeah, uplifting your life, and so everything I do, whether it's talking to the person checking me out in the grocery line, or the gas attendant, or you know whomever, everything, Uh, all my lectures, you know, that I I put out here for free, that that you you know it it touched your life, it served your life, and that's why we're here, you know, getting rid of fluoride in cities, you know, working against the agrochemical companies and getting rid of GMOs, or taking on the nuclear power plants, or you know, getting as, as as. as, as in balance with life as possible, using as least, least amount of resources as possible, mm. repurposing and recycling and all the stuff that I can do to, to uplift and nurture and bring balance to my existence here so that I'm not a cancer. Mm, absolutely. Of whether anyone ever sees it, I know that I'm not a cancer here on the planet. Mm. That, yeah. That, you know, so that's what the next couple of years are about, is really understanding what is your function. Mm. How do we take care of each other? Because I, I have a lyrics in another song. You know, it says that um, comes a time in all our lives when we have to choose between wrong and right. And in that time, that lonely time, sometimes the choices we make are neither black or white. And we tend to forget the essence of our being here. And we tend to forget all the life that we are sharing here.
2: Mm.
1: So in this time, in this momentous time, when the choices we make now have to be right Mm -hmm. and how you know your choice is right is when all the choices you make include all of mankind and Mm -hmm. they fully support the essence of our being and they fully support all the life that we are sharing here Mm -hmm. that we are sharing here and so for the next couple years what can we do is find every way to be residing in that place. How do I uplift and nurture? How do I make sure every decision I make is including all of life? How am I trying to, you know, to support, you know, not degrading the ocean? How am I reducing my use of plastic as much as possible? How am I using less petrol? How am I using, I mean, whatever? How am I eating more organic? How am I sustaining, you know, sustainable agriculture so that we aren't degrading all the soil and losing the topsoil? How am I, um, you know, addressing the meat industry, how am I addressing the seafood industry? How am I addressing? I mean, it just goes on and on and on. All these incredible things that are happening that are yeah. just completely devastating existence. How can I be part of maybe making a little part towards the, you know, towards the the the, the mass, the critical mass mm. that needs to take place so that we're no longer, you know, you've heard of the hundredth monkey, I imagine. Ever heard yeah, of the yeah,
2: monkey? yeah.
1: You know the idea behind that was um, <clears throat> for your listeners. Do you mind if I go on after? Of course, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, the hundredth monkey guys. There were th- this happened back in the in the fifties, and and uh, and um, there happened to be two sets of scientists, two sets of, of of scientific laboratories, who were studying um, a similar breed uh, of monkeys, and they did not. They were not aware that either one of uh, either one were doing the same research. And so they were studying the social behaviors of monkeys. And I think they were like, you know, two or 3,000 miles away. And they had the same type of monkeys that were on these islands that hadn't experienced man, at least to the best of their knowledge, to any large degree. And so they were studying their social structures. And what they would do is they would take sweet potatoes and they would throw the sweet potatoes out on the surf at night or out on the beach at night. And then in the mornings, the monkeys would come out and discover the, the sweet potatoes and they would watch their interactions and behaviors. And one of the things they noticed is that the monkeys didn't like the sand um, that was getting on the sweet potatoes. And mm. so they, you'd see it there and they'd be trying to rub it off and they'd be spitting from their mouth. And you could see it was a source of irritant and they'd throw the potato down, <laughs> and jump up and down because they had all the sand in them, They didn't like it, but mm. they wanted the potatoes. Anyways, so one day on one of the islands, um, and I'll just say real quickly, none of the, what I'm sharing with you was ever discovered till about 30 years later when some other grad students were doing research on a similar type of monkeys and they came across these two studies and put the days together that that was am about to share happened on the exact same day hmm. um and unbeknownst to them 30 years later they found this out but what happened was is that one day one little monkey um a potato was rolling in the water and it was running back and forth and one little monkey runs over there, the little baby monkey monkey and he picks it up and he bites on it and he notices one it's salted now and two there's no the sand on it hmm. and so he goes over to one of the other monkeys one of the little monkeys and says look at this again and they pick up the potato and he grabs it by the hand and he pulls him out into the surf and he shakes the potato in the water and get you know and then the kid eats it and the other one eats it and says wow how cool and so all the little ones start teaching each other how to wash their potatoes hmm. and only the adult monkeys that would listen to the baby monkeys Um, would learn this new behavior, but what happened next is just astonishing, uh, absolutely astonishing, in that a certain percentage, uh, critical massacres where a certain number of monkeys all began after several weeks of this happening. Uh, Eventually, one morning, a majority of the monkeys were washing their sweet potatoes, and like we hit this critical mass, this, this, this straw that, that changed you know, the, 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 the entire reaction. Where then on that day when that, when that critical mass occurred, all the monkeys on that island all of a sudden started washing the potatoes. Mm. And it just became the norm for mm. that group of monkeys. Mm. But what also happened, and it was reported by the other research team, is that out of nowhere, none of the monkeys on their island were washing the potatoes. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, one morning, all the monkeys start washing their potatoes. Mm -hmm. And it just happened to be on the exact same day that the Japanese researchers reported this phenomenon occurring. So in other words, when the critical mass of that consciousness finally reached a certain point where all of them began behaving a certain way, all of the other ones began behaving in that certain way. And the whole of that species began a whole new way Mm. of interacting with its reality. Mm. And so they had never done it before. And then all of a sudden they had a new behavior. So in that same way, I think that if if we think in terms of, you know, what can I do? I'm so little, I have so little effect. Well, you're part of a larger energetic scheme that's occurring here on the planet. And if we have a will, you know, the wielding of interdimensional love and light that will, right? You know, the, 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 um, if, if we have a, a direction that we can set our lives into, um, why not maybe kind of lean in the direction of being part of the critical mass and the hundredth monkey of us learning how to um, live copacetically and in harmony and balance with our host environment
2: yeah that that's
1: a good pursuit yeah you know?
0: that's a, <laughs> that's a great explanation and a very poignant moment to just have been to begin to round things up for today's show thank you that's a yeah I've never heard uh, explained fully I think a lot of us um have heard the phrase the hundred monkey syndrome but perhaps have never heard the actual the actual story behind it so thank mm-hmm. you so much for that um yeah, just as we gotta sorry. do
1: another hour I haven't even got
0: yeah yeah we'll have, to do another, we'll have to do another episode sometime if I can keep you out late in Maui. Um, so just as we're coming yeah. towards the end of this particular show, uh, Joe, um, how remind uh, the audience how they can connect with you and your
1: work uh, the easiest way is to go to my website yeah and that's repeatlessness you know or jo yeah. that's r e P E A T you'll have a link you said but yeah. if people aren't are hearing this somewhere outside of that repeatlessness.com or if you just put in joe marshalla j-o-e and then m-a-r-s-h-a-l-l-a joe marshalla.com uh you'll come to my website and there um there's a video section where you can find the lectures that you're talking about uh the mechanics of mind control series there's also the uh the uh journey of come on joe on the empowerment, um, um, self-empowerment uh, lectures. And uh, there's a whole nother series that I'm, I'm, I'm having, my, my, my aphasia, part of my brain turning back on is mm. hitting me right now. But there's a whole series of free lectures you can get right there. And Great. then there's a freebies, there's a freebies section where you just, you, know, you, you, sign, you create an account real quick and uh, you get a password and then you go in there and you can download the MP3s. Of all of these lectures. So you don't have to be, you know, you, you can put them on your phone and sure. you can listen while you're driving or while you're working or something like, like that. Mm. It's not something you have to sit down and visually watch once you've seen it. But, you, but, you know, it, the, the, the research shows that when you watch a video or you listen to a lecture or even listen to this, this radio program, this podcast, that mm. you're only going to, in general, remember if you really listen deeply around 20%. Mm and so it takes at least 5 maybe 6 or 7 times of listening to something over to really grok the whole of what was being shared sure. and so the same is true for lectures and i mean you can attest to that i mean if you thought we moved quickly here and had condensed concentrated data and information when you get to those lectures it's full on i mean yeah. this is phd level communication yeah at, at natural you know natural kind of conversational tone but still it's jam packed yeah. and, and it, it's gonna take more than once. And so that's why I provided that I'm an MP3 so that you could just listen to it casually in the background um, and, and, and really be able to absorb. Mm-hmm. And the data that's in those three lectures, mechanics of mind control one, two, and three um, can really give you a great um, you know, st- starting place, mm-hmm. a, a starting block to begin to unravel this 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 mystery we call life, and <laughs> begin to uh, uh, re-identify yourself as a cohabitant that is here to have lived withdraw life.
0: Absolutely, yeah. and I can I can attest to what you're talking about because the free series uh, link, links in the description of the video presentation, I believe, from 2008. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've got copious amounts of notes, and I'm re-watching and re-watching. So to have it as an audio as well, this is great for. Yeah. A great way of um, a great way of revisiting. Well, there's a, such a lot of um, fascinating and very empowering information um, that you share there, and like you say, completely for free as well, which is um, fantastic. So thank you, Joe, for joining us here on discerning consciousness today. Um, it's it's been a remarkable exploration. I feel like we've covered so much ground. It's been fascinating, and yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime. I'm just bound by restrictions of um uploads and all sorts of things that we have to deal with technically otherwise I'd <coughs> excuse me uh, love to carry on so yeah, if you're available, that would be great um to have a to have another chat sometime and thank you all for listening uh, hope you've enjoyed our exploration today. hope you've been able to take something as well uh, and uh, implement it in in your own lives because it we're all living through um it's deeply challenging times at the moment um. for for a lot of people across the world. And um, yeah, if we can get any uh, helpful information to help us adapt with the changes and situations we're going through that's uh, that's always very helpful.
1: So thank you again, Joe. Uh, Oh, my pleasure and thank you. And please let everybody know, or I'll let them know just like you. I mean, you know, you left a comment on the video. Wow, I love these Thanks so much. And I said, hey, send me your phone number. Let's connect. And we started talking on the phone. I do that with anybody. Yeah. So if you this material is something that turns you on, you know, go to my website, send me a send me, you know, fill out the information there and, and, and send me an email from the contact form and, and uh through WhatsApp or Telegram or Skype or something of that nature, and oh. uh let's have a conversation with why I'm here. If I can be of service to your incarnation, let's oh. make it work. I mean, oh. it's it's not a joke. I mean, oh. it's like I'm available. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Thank
0: you. Yeah, thank you so much again, Joe and sure uh yeah thank you and uh, thank you all for listening and i'll speak to you all again very soon bye for
2: now